Well, the the whole extraterrestrial thing is not uh, not a viable solution to this. We we need to go through a turning point in the study of of this whole domain, away from ideology. We're not here to prove that we're being visited by, you know, aliens from this planet or that star. That may very well be true, but we have not done the basic work. I have this hunch that the um, that this that this phenomenon is um, comes from, comes from some sort of domain of pure information, and the fact that it can interact with us at all suggests that uh, that we inhabit the domain that's also pure information. Are we uh, go conditioned here? Yes. in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. And remember, my friend, future events such as these will affect you in the future. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. And now, for the first time, we are bringing to you the full story of what happened on that fateful day. We are giving you all the evidence based only on the secret testimony of the miserable souls who survived this terrifying ordeal. The incidents, the places. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. Let us punish the guilty. Let us reward the innocent. My friend, can your heart stand the shocking facts about... Radio Mysterioso. It's, it's Greg and Go-Rightly here at Griffith Observatory. Oh, how many thousands of people are here for this thing? <laughs> how many you think? Tens of thousands. <laughs> it's all clouded over. You can barely see kind of a peach, slice of a peach of the moon, of the super moon's uh, 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 full solar, total solar, I mean lunar eclipse. There's actually nobody scheduled. Yeah. Oh, somebody, somebody in Connecticut can see it really well. He says. Yeah, we just got clouds here, so we're not going to see anything. Hey, go lightly. What are you doing in L.A.? I am here to be uh, interviewed by some characters tomorrow. Where at? You are as well, right? Yeah, I think I'm are coming. You, you can, yeah. <laughs> I think they want to talk to you. They're called uh, Mandate 33 is the name of the little uh, video program they do. Yeah. <laughs> right now, I think it's... Uh, it's on a YouTube channel, but I think they have higher aspirations of maybe getting it on some network uh, TV. I've seen a bit of it so far. It looks pretty good. It's kind of inspired by uh, uh, Weird America and uh, Rebirth of Pan. Oh right! Other yeah. influences. Yeah, I said I said they sent an email to me, and it looked like they they mentioned stuff I'd never heard of. Likewise, yeah. They're uh, supposedly they're supposed to go out to Integratron and Giant Rock uh, today. Yeah, who are they talking to out there? I don't know. <laughs> I should have told them to go call Barbara. I had, I'd mentioned that too after they I asked them. Uh, Oh, I, I, I am them around 10 o'clock and said, we're just landing and we're heading out to Giant Rock and Integratron. I said, if I would have known you would have gone, I had some contacts out there. They, yeah, might, they might have some contacts oh, already. Okay, good. This is a high traffic area. <laughs> That's okay. And so they're uh, planning to film me and you. We'll go to uh, Devil's Gate tomorrow. Right. By JPL. Yeah. And uh, 
Yeah, they're into all kinds of stuff. They're going out to uh, all over the state. Uh, they're going to be going out to Mount Shasta when they're done in Southern California, but uh, they're going all to all the weird spots. They just got back from uh, the East Coast. They had interviewed uh, Lauren Coleman. Right. He was talking about different stuff. One of the things he mentioned was... Have you heard of the East Bay Wall? Yes. Berkeley Wall? Yeah. In fact, the first place I heard of it was in... Um, not not uh, Rebirth of Pan, but uh, Weird America. Okay. The other Jim Brandon book. So anyway, yeah, there's these those old walls are in Berkeley and East Bay. Been there forever. Nobody's quite sure who made them. And... Uh, so yeah, I saw that they did a little video teaser, and Lauren Coleman brought that up. But weird things seen around the East Bay walls, and so I mentioned to him, uh, yeah, you know, Olaf Phillips has done a lot of uh, research recently on the uh, East Bay walls and written an article. So anyway, they, I think they plan to go check out Mount Diablo and the East Bay Wall and all the weirdness around there. There's been all kinds of supposedly creature sightings <laughs> around Mount Diablo. Yes. Panther Black sightings. panthers, yeah. yeah. Not, not, not the political kind, but actual <laughs> black, alien big cats, ABC. So, yeah, they, I think they got inspired by uh, Weird American Rebirth of Pan, and that's where the 33 comes in, I guess. Uh, right. James Shelby Downard uh, tie in there. Right. What is with the name Mandate? It sounds like it, it sounds like it, it, it sounds like a gay dating service. <laughs> That's the kind of what dawned on me. The Mandate. <laughs> Maybe it's like a bro or a couple bros, you know, into weird shit stuff. So they they have a mandate to go out. <laughs> or they're on some mission after reading those uh, Jim Brandon books. They've been mandated to. Yeah. Well, you can use all kinds of. Uh oh, those loud dudes are back. Um, you can use all kinds of uh, iterations of the. Well, you know what? It's a good name. I'm trying to think of a name for the uh, the uh, book I'm trying to put together, but it's the only one I've been able to come up with is I'm still asleep because the first book was Wake Up Down There. <laughs> I'm actually working on a uh, yeah. What are you working UFO on? collection too? This is all my uh, different uh, UFO related writings. Yeah, the, the, I didn't get that idea from you. I'd been I started this a few months ago. I didn't think you did. Yeah. Well, I you had brought part, up you're doing the, something similar, yeah. so you part of the whiny reason <laughs> I'm doing it is because I see something like, hey, there's this amazing thing I just thought of. It's like I wrote about that at UFO Mystic in in 2007. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to put the book out and, and put dates on things and say, look, you know, don't repeat what I said, but take what I said and and like run with it. I, th I think it'd be great. Well, I could have something I want to share with you and share it with your Should listeners. Should I back up? Huh? Should I back up? Back up, what do you mean? You gonna, how are you going to share it with me? I'm just making a silly joke. <laughs> with uh, Barbara Hudson. Oh, that's right. You better tell people who Barbara Hudson is. I, that was kind of amazing to me because the only way I knew of her was from uh, the Gray Barker at Giant Rock book. Well, I found out more, but basically she was a friend of... Uh, Gray Barker and Mosley I first discovered from uh, the book Gray Barker at Giant Rock which is a, a cool book you familiar with that? Yes Sure you are, yeah, yeah It's yeah, kind yeah. of a road trip book Yes, yes it is <laughs> So uh, and they have this uh, this woman is with them their companion on the road trip is Barbara Hudson Pretty Barbara Hudson mm -hmm. Yes Who's uh, African American lady You don't hear a lot of details but as I Learned from Tim Beckley. This was a she was a girlfriend of Jim Mosley, or they had a romantic interest going on there during this period. Right. And so uh, I got curious about her because in the book it just alludes to certain things that she is part of some uh, mysterious group or whatever. She claimed that uh, she had been contacted by a group of aliens here on the Earth that were working behind the scenes to whatever with humans to share uh, technology and bring world peace whatever and that 
uh, the reason she met Mosley is because she had been instructed to go to one of his conferences and check up on him and watch, see what was going on. Yeah. Oh, but the Space Brothers told her to do this? Mm-hmm. This group she was working with, and I forget they had a name. But uh, So she had a lot of different weird experiences that show up in, like, uh, different places. Like, what's Albert Rosales's... Uh, yeah, humanoids. The humanoids yeah. uh, project, the humanoids sighting report. She had a, de- a number of strange encounters. Uh, one was about this uh, UFO that crashed or was shot down over uh, Morningside Park in New York. Yeah. And that was one of her claims, and she saw it as a child. And another one where, uh, who was your guest uh, a couple weeks ago that plays in the brass band? Joshua Cutchin. Yeah, he mentioned uh, another one of her stories where... She had some visitation in her room or something. Yeah, was elevated up into a UFO and uh, treated her to uh, dinner with the fruits and a lot of uh, experience of that nature. So Beckley's told me about her, and they knew her. John Kill knew her. Mosley knew her, and Beckley's comment was... She had all these stories, and she sounded totally convincing, but one of those deals, there was no way to verify any of this stuff. Yeah. So that's, that was kind of her uh, deal, and I have some information on her. And so another thing I came across a while ago was on the Jim Mosley uh, memorial site. I think Kurt Collins put that up there, other yeah. people involved. Yeah. And one of the guys, it was kind of a roast where people were writing in, just sharing memories. And one dude named Tom Benson wrote in and said, I met, first met Mosley in 67 at a conference he was putting on. And uh, among other the speakers were Barbara Jan Hudson talking about her book, Those Sexy Saucer People. That's why you asked me about that. Yeah. Now this is, I've heard of the book. Have you seen the, co- the cover is everywhere? It's this totally lurid, crazy cover from 1967 that show these sexy saucers. It's everywhere if you look. It's just oh, one okay. of those marvelous covers. I am moving things in the way to sort of uh, pr- create a uh, dead zone so you can just mostly hear us. Yeah. And so the author of the book is shown as Jan Hudson. Yeah. I go, wow, she wrote that? Jan Hudson? Maybe that's her middle name. Well, that's the guy in the comments, Tom Benson, said in this on the Mosley page that he was, uh, she was one of the speakers, Barbara Jan Hudson, and the name appears as Jan Hudson on the book. Yeah. So I thought, wow, that's a trip, man. And so I looked farther, and if you do more research on that book, it came out in 67, and the uh, real author, supposedly, is somebody named George H. Smith, who used a bunch bunch of pseudonyms, one that was apparently Jan Hudson. Ah. But, looking into this a little further, it it seems like... uh, that book, The Sexy Saucer People, has all these accounts from the contactees back in the day, the people who she would have known through Mosley. And yeah. So what I'm thinking, perhaps, is that uh, this other guy ghost wrote this book for her because she didn't seem like she was really... A writer that, type. That great of a writer from the stuff I read, but uh, during that period, Mos- or, uh, Beckley also mentioned that she was uh, writing a book at one point. So that's what I think all of this is. Uh, there's also comments that maybe this was a Saucerian book at one time that was published by a larger publisher, Greenleaf. So oh, okay. I'm thinking they, she might have hooked up with this ghostwriter. And now yeah. to get a copy of this book, there's one available for $250. It's very rare. Ray Barker has one in his collection. Really? Yeah. So anyway. Maybe you're gonna wait till these people go by. That's a lot of people. They'll probably be going by all night. Yeah, I think they just let a bunch of people up because there were uh, there were less people up here for a while. I mean, the, it's a lot of obscure minutiae about Barbara Hudson. But I know, it's interesting. but that, 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 that's what we thrive on on the show. So, yeah, that's all I knew about it. How did you start? start? 
how'd you start thinking about Barbara Hudson? Just because I, I mentioned it on the show, or um, no, I came across her in that uh, giant rock book, and she was a contactee, so you know, gathering information. Oh, okay. Contactees. Yeah. <laughs> Well, sorry, sorry, people, but this is the place where there's the best signal. It just happens to be a lot of people here too. And she, she has a. There's a few accounts you can find of her, you know, through Albert Rosales. Yeah. And also, I found. Uh, so Beckley knew I was interested, and I, I was talking to him, you know, in chat or whatever. We're on the uh, phone, and he was going, God, I haven't heard that name for ages, you know. Then he'll start remembering things. Yeah, you should ask Gene Steinberg. He was working for Mosley in his office. He might have seen her. Yeah, he probably knew um, that. Who's the other guy? Um, yeah, just uh, Alan Greenfield. Mm-hmm. He might know a little bit about yeah, it, too. Yeah, that's something. I'll ask Alan. Um, what the fuck was I going to say? Anyway, yeah, pretty interesting. She was, you know... Back in during that period, she was like in her mid 30s, so. So she was still pretty Barbara. I'm just looking up <laughs> to see if we can see the moon. There's just like a kind of an obscured peach slice up there. Uh, if you've never been to Griffith Observatory, it's basically the best place to see LA, uh, especially at night. If you look over to the right there, uh, Adam was all right, Leah, there's the Hollywood Bowl where Grace Jones is having her concert. You can see the, the search lights. Okay. Yeah, that's the Hollywood Bowl. Cool, I've never been to a concert there. I haven't been in a while. Didn't you go see uh, Paul McCartney? That was at Dodger Stadium. Oh, God. <laughs> what? You just don't like the Dodgers. It has nothing to do with <laughs> Dodger Stadium. I don't know if I'd want to see a concert there. What? I, didn't, I would prefer not to see it, but I could see everything fine, and the sound was great. I mean, they, 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 they'd taken the time to make the sound exactly right from, well, at least where we were sitting, maybe everywhere else. But You oh, said, yeah, I, you said I, that was the best concert you ever saw in your entire life? <laughs> no. The best concert I ever that, saw in you my... You said that after it. No, I didn't. You said... <laughs> I said one of. Oh, okay. The best concert I've seen, that I can think of, that I've seen probably in my life is, is that Devo concert where they did all the stuff off the the pre-first album all the hardcore Devo stuff that that probably affected me the most and that was last year so past that I can't remember it's just Paul McCartney playing Beatles songs it's like okay that's something you don't you're never going to see again probably on a lot of them I told <laughs> I was talking to Rick, Nick Redfern the other day and I was telling him about those 33 and a third books the ones that those little tiny books that just they, they write them it's a series, and it's one album per book. So they'll like, you know, Ramon's first album, or, you know, uh, what other, the, uh, I think the, uh, Devo's second album. Somebody put out a little book on that. But they're like these, you know, 100, 150-page mini books that um, just deal with one record album and the artist and, you know, mm -hmm. in-depth about how they made the album, how the album came about, how they recorded it, how people reacted to it, what it was, you know, what the songs were about, everything. Cool. So I told Nick I was probably I wanted to write one, and I said, you know who hasn't done one? They haven't done one on is um, look at all the people walking the flashlights. That's cool. Um, they haven't done one on Paul McCartney's Ram, and, and Nick went stone silent. <laughs> oh, I'd love. To, I actually brought. I grabbed a couple CDs. Yeah. And for the trip down here, and one of them was uh, Ram. Yeah. Paul McCartney. That's my favorite Paul McCartney album. It's probably in my top ten albums. I think. And then, which also further mortified Nick. <laughs> I, 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 Nick's I, pretty rigid in his thinking. Music. <laughs> I mean, I literally said that I, as soon as I said it, I was like, Nick, hello? <laughs> I thought he'd hung up. No problem. <laughs> yeah, what's his problem, man? Uh, Rebecca Wise says, uh, "Shout out from the East Bay." So I, I will, I will, uh, I will mention that now. Oh, we got more comments. 
Ask, ask them how the uh, audio is. Rose talking into this mic here. Uh, Steve Ray, he could, said he could hear us loud and clear. Oh. What did he say? I can hear background conversations pretty well. There's a little girl talking right now, but I can hear you and Adam just fine yeah. because of your very nice Apogee microphone. Right on. I knew this would come to some good use. <laughs> just what? <laughs> what do you use it for? It's a beautiful microphone. I've used it, uh, the idea was to record live music, Yeah. and I do that, and, uh, and uh, uh -oh. yeah, I could re record uh, other live music, and it, if I did interviews, I mean, this thing, sweet little mic hooks into a iPad, so I, yeah. I was looking for easy functionality, you know, not having to... Yeah, well, it probably hooks into uh, anything, we were trying to get it hooked into the digital recorder here, but then... We couldn't hook it into the phone to have the nice audio for the interview. Mm -hmm. I mean, the phone microphone would probably work fine, but this is a hundred times better. So, uh, okay, we're going through your phone then, right? Yes. Okay. We are going through the phone. It is broadcasting um, through this, this service mixler, and we're using the uh, Griffith Observatory Wi-Fi. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, so... At this point, I could probably, as long as I got Wi-Fi, I can do a, I can do a um, show from anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, because it, it, apparently, if you use, I told uh, Gorightly, if you use cellular, it just starts gobbling up uh, bandwidth. So yeah, this is an awesome view up here. Yeah, there's an inversion layer over LA. You can see this like, you can actually see the, the there's moisture or something crawling up into the into the Hollywood Hills. What you need is something to do video, too, like a periscope. Yeah. <laughs> periscope is now the thing. Are you familiar with that? No. Is that the social network video sharing? Mm -hmm. Okay. Pretty much, yeah. So, yeah, you can do live stuff. I heard Art Bell was using it the other night, but, like, you know, they had the uh, fires in Northern California. A lot of people were going on. Periscope and putting in little snippets of the. Uh, is this? It's live video, right? Well, it's live, then it's posted. You know. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, uh, Mixler is like that too. It lets you post afterwards, but I'm just going to take the recording out of the um, uh, 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 digital recorder here and use that. I think, unless I can download it off a of Mixler and see what it sounds like. It might sound way better coming off of this microphone, but then it, you know, it goes on out on the internet mm -hmm. and it, it's whatever compression it has to go through to get where it gets to people or gets recorded um it, it might not be as good i don't know if i can't tell the difference i'll just i'll just pull it right off of uh off of the uh, off of mixler then because it said it asks, asks if you want to post things because i did these tests of like yeah. two minutes and three minutes said would you like to post this like no but i guess that there's a why is everybody cheering <laughs> I heard some cheering out front. There's a large audience out front of a few thousand people. So they're making some kind of announcement. By the way, this um, setup only works for an hour, and then it cuts you off. So if we've run out of things to say or I can't get it back going again, we'll probably take off. So it'll be a one-hour show. Sorry, but this is a, <laughs> this is a very it's a special. It's a unique uh, situation. So, standing here, I think we're looking... What is that? I think that's La Brea. Well, maybe not La Brea. That might be Vermont. We might be looking straight down Vermont mm -hmm. Avenue. All the way, as far as it goes, and then it disappears in the distance in Long Beach. It's, or no, that's Palos Verdes over there. That light sticking up over the over the uh, inversion. Okay. Yeah. Downtown's over to the left. Yeah, I'd like to come up here again. It's not a uh, clusterfuck of people. In the <laughs> <laughs> there. There's a lot of it's people. It's thinning out now. Here. Yeah, well, I took, him, I, I took Adam on a wild goose chase. I thought we could take a shortcut up this uh, trail. There was no trail, and then we ended up <laughs> bushwhacking through all these uh, all these uh, uh, brambles. And when we finally got up, we were both covered in dirt, sweat, and, and leaves. No, it wasn't pretty at all. And I'm I feel have, good now. i gotta, I got to buy him a beer to apologize. So, yeah... Going to get uh, meet with, meet with those guys tomorrow. I don't know. What are they going to ask you about? What did they say? Yeah, because they wrote me back and they said, "Yeah, maybe we'll have you there too." It's like, well, 
I think they're going to talk to me about Doty or something. One of the, one of the partners knows Doty somehow. There's some relationship there. Oh, okay. I don't I don't know what the story is, but oh yeah, yeah he talked to me about. It. He hates you. He's going to say. <laughs> Gener- generally, I think they want to ask me about. They want to talk about. Uh, all Parsons, Cameron, that whole scene, you know, JPL. Uh, Laurel Canyon, Topanga Canyon stuff, uh, Mount Shasta. Oh, okay. And they, they've been looking into some dude named Maurice Doriel. And I got a uh, one of these guys contacted me a few months ago. I didn't know who he's who he was, and he's asking me, "Do you know anything about Mar- Maurice Doriel?" And I go, "Nah, I haven't heard of him." You know, you get contacted by a lot of people, it's like that, whatever, yeah. but. I, I looked into him though, and it, it appears he's uh, fits the same mo as a lot of the early, early contactees, like Guy Ballard. Yeah, you know, Guy Ballard had his story in the '30s of uh, meeting uh, Count Saint Germain yes, Mount in Mount Shasta, Shasta and, yeah. and gave him a cup of pure electronic essence. He called it, and they went on a trip it's quite there's, there's the name of the next uh, <laughs> good news for modern man album there, yeah. pure electronic essence a cup of pure electronic yeah. essence that's it and uh oh look you can see the moon really well yeah that's cool and uh so it seemed like they were all influenced by theosophy to some extent you right. know because they channeled ascended masters and uh, blavatsky Channel the Venusians. So this Maurice Doriel is like pre-Guy Ballard, and he has kind of the same story. And had, apparently had a pretty big uh, religious following, a cult, have you, out of... Uh, really? When was that? More like the 20s, 30s. Uh, I've looked him up on the web, and uh, yeah, he was quite prominent, but he's not a name that nor- usually comes to mind. Or they... T- typically have heard much about. Hey, that looks pretty cool. Yeah, the, uh, it, if you don't know the uh, here on Griffith's Observatory, it is the clouds are parting. That's why everybody's cheering, I think, because I can actually see it. <laughs> you hear the cheering? <laughs> Is that cheering or what is it? Yeah, it's everybody's cheering because the clouds parted a little bit. But the uh, 2015 blood moon total lunar eclipse party electronic essence cup place. No, so yes, those guys are interested in talking to you, obviously. Yeah. Why they contacted you. And so, yeah, we'll go to uh, Devil's Gate at noon tomorrow and meet with them. They're going to be there at noon, exactly? Mm-hmm. Luckily, it's not as hot today. Or it won't be as hot tomorrow. I think it's supposed to be like 90 instead of 97 or whatever it's been recently. Yeah, the moon's coming. It's, it's actually, I think it's coming out from the other side of the... Uh... And then after that, yeah. We'll just, uh... So they're going to go oh. to the Devil's Gate Dam or the Devil's no, Gate with the... with the, uh, with the hike in that way. You hike this up to the uh, bridge on the dam. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know if you'll have time, but when I leave uh, Tuesday, I'm going to go check that Jack Kirby exhibit out. Oh, okay. I have I have a flying lesson Tuesday. I didn't know you were going to be here that long. It looks uh, fucking awesome, the exhibit. I think it's till... Uh, what is that, noon to four or something? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be gone from... 9.30 to probably 3, so I don't think I can make it. Damn it. But, yeah, for anybody down here who wants to check it out, I think it's running through uh, first week in October. Uh-huh. It's been going for several months. And it's it, at, it looks uh, awesome. Cal State Northridge. Because mm-hmm. yeah. there's a professor there that teaches a course on, I think, uh, comic books or graphic novels or something like that. Yeah. And he's curated the exhibit. I read up on it. Oh, cool. Oh. Oh, back behind the clouds a little bit. 
I, I have to look at the hours. I've been here mostly in the day. I've only been here at night a few times. I mean, this would be a cool place just to come up and do a uh, show sometime with whoever, you know? Yeah. Uh, we got a little bit more of a moon. I went to see the uh, real monks uh, chanting in Tibet, man, in the monasteries. Pretty uh, crazy. You were in Tibet? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. And I, I went you... to Mongolia. I knew you went China, to Mongolia. You went to uh, Tibet, Lhasa, and uh, Cambodia. That was all in one trip? Yeah, it was a couple weeks, two and a half weeks or so. I just like the idea. Stephanie said she could see it pretty clearly up in um, Mount Diablo, just okay, that we were yeah, just talking she, about. Uh, yeah. Ask her if uh, cool. I can yeah. ask her <laughs> yeah. if she has yeah. any suggestions for the uh, for the guys when they did they already go there? No, they're going to be going there after LA heading oh, okay. toward Mount, Mount Diablo area. So uh -huh. perhaps uh, <laughs> Stephanie has any recommendations? Uh, we can pass those along. That we we had a cougar sighting. My next door neighbors yesterday. Where? Where I live. Over in the foothills there? Mm hmm. Young adult cougar. <laughs> Apparently, uh, it was stalking. We have a herd of deer that goes through our neighborhood. Oh, okay. Well, I'd hang out there too if I was a, a young adult cougar. <laughs> well, to something you don't normally see even though they're in the area be uh, brazen enough just to hang out in somebody's uh, front yard yeah so that was a little excitement stephanie says i just got back who's coming up this way <laughs> we're gonna go back to this the uh the the mandate 33 people they're, they're a group who are interviewing um adam and i guess me a little bit tomorrow um they're traveling the country looking at uh uh, Fordian um, conspiracy type, uh, all the weird stuff that we're into, except they're doing a little uh, video series about it. It's a web series now, but I guess they're you know, doing like everybody and try and get something going. And they've been directed to Mount Diablo area, I guess, from Reading Weird America, Rebirth of Pan, and Lauren Coleman. I don't know if you saw the little video snippet of the yeah. interview they did. He mentioned yeah. Mount Diablo and the Panther sightings. Right. And, East Bay Walls and uh, yeah, those East Bay Walls are uh, pretty interesting. My friend Louise Lacey looked into it years and years ago. She was gathering different stories. <laughs> One she had heard was the stories the Native Americans had told because they were old when they were there. Yeah, megalithic and, walls. and of the uh, tall, red-haired uh, fellows that lived behind those walls. So it's kind of like stories of, I don't know, red-haired Vikings or something. That yeah. were, but nobody quite understands what is the purpose of the walls. You know, they weren't used for... Uh, Protection or strategically or anything yeah, that anybody can tell. Right. And they run for miles, I guess, along mm -hmm. these hills in the East Bay of San Francisco. Yeah. Up in the Oakland Hills, I think? Oakland, Berkeley... Uh, yeah, Berkeley Hills, that's it. I've never seen them. I've never actually visited them. Uh, Olaf Phillips has a standing invitation for me to go check him out anytime. So he's, he's been doing a lot of research on him. And there's, there's different sections. Oh, okay. He lives up there? I didn't know that. He's in Martinez. Where? Martinez. Where is that? <laughs> Which is just... Thank you so much. Sort of in the East Bay, but inland a little bit. Maybe, uh -huh. you know, uh, half hour it's from nice. right there. east of San Jose. Yeah. Okay, clearly I can see it. I went out I one time. Louise Lacey was going to take us out, but she <laughs> been a while since she'd been out to the wall, and she 
she couldn't find it. She's got, got irritated about it, but there's sections, you know, so you got to know where to go and right. look. I'm just looking because the moon is very bright now, but it just basically looks like a little crescent. You can't really see the orange part of it anymore. Just a little bit. You know I brought binoculars here, Adam Gorelli, and we never use them. Make sure I don't knock anything off of here. Like your phone. Yeah. Greg is now looking through the uh, binoculars. It's like a regular crescent moon. Can't really see uh, I, don't, I don't need to look. Come on. Spectacular. I don't want to look at that. Gotta get some water. Yeah, I rightly drank my water and, and uh, put his lips on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have to cut the uh, height. Yeah, we, we, got, we got the heart rate up. I used to do that for a living, but. Uh, uh, Steph, Steph says, I think I know those guys. I think she's talking about the mandate people. Mm -hmm. There was a Bigfoot sighting in Crow Canyon, west of Mount Diablo, in about. Did she say 1896? Mystery walls, strange sex slave crime, Zodiac killer, Walter Bosley's carousel in Tilden Park. Mike Martinez is actually across the street from me. Oh, okay. Uh, a town is across the street from me? <laughs> oh, there's a police helicopter hovering over Griffin Park. Yeah, Olaf uh, writes for the Martinez newspaper, an actual oh, really? 14 column, <laughs> which is <laughs> it's probably the few for any, you know, newspaper in the country. I don't think they're... <laughs> what is it? It's a column actually called the 14... No, I, I, don't, I don't know what it is, but he just started it recently. I met him that one time at the mm -hmm. uh, conspiracy convention in San Diego that was going on right during Comic-Con. Yeah, and, uh, he was he was a he was agreeable and intelligent fellow. So I hope to have uh, more conversations with him sometimes. Yeah. yeah, he's very knowledgeable, for sure. Good guy's uh, starting a little magazine empire. I don't know if you've been paying attention. He's taken over Paranoia and Steam Shovel Press, and he's still working with you know like Ken Thomas will still be an advisory whatever. Yeah editor there and uh, a couple other magazines putting out you know, both digitally and hard copy I think so he's trying to start a little empire well I hope he does well with it oh you know what we mentioned in the car we said we were talking about Stephanie says she lives next to the border oh I said that um, you, you mentioned in the car when I said something about oh there's a helicopter right over us I hope everybody can hear that. Um, about people complaining about ufology. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, and just, yeah. They've been complaining about it from the beginning. <laughs> there's always people that are going to be a certain way, and there's always people that are going to be mad at them. And, you know, and then it finally came down to mostly... The, the thing was that why aren't you... The, the complaint is, why aren't you doing the research that I want to see you do? Because I'm too lazy to do it. <laughs> well, the, yeah, the thing is, people are complaining, okay, ufology needs to move Clean forward. Its act. Well, move forward, evolve, yeah. or whatever. But yeah. if they're talking about mainstream ufology, it's, it's, it's not going to evolve. It's been in the same place forever. It's kind of had some people on the... Uh, Fringes have pushed out and done stuff, but I don't think you could call them mainstream ufology. You know? Yeah. And so, <laughs> if you're looking to find your answers in mainstream ufology, and you're not going to find them. A lot of people do, and the people that complain about it, either they should go out and find something that does float their boat or create their own boat. But so, as you have new people coming to ufology back, like in the 50s and 60s, you had, uh, who was it? Kehoe and uh, Wilbert K. Smith, and they were doing the disclosure thing back then, so that was people's first exposure, but it's like, it's the same thing now with Stephen Greer, Stephen Bassett, a lot of people coming in new to ufology. Yeah. 
That's <laughs> that's who they're seeing suddenly, and they're going, why? And that mainstream has it's a core belief that's been there really the whole time. You know? It hasn't changed much. It's a belief that ETs have visited us and uh, crashed or whatever, and the government's hiding the information about the technology. And, discussion that's been going on since the get-go yeah <laughs> but for somebody coming in new a 20 year old person or whatever they see they hear Stephen Greer or Stephen Bassett on Art Bell or stumble into a uh, UFO convention and they're like blown away you know if they yeah. come across this it's like a revelation what and uh, I'm gonna, you know there's a truth embargo and uh, yeah I'm to sign up for the cause, and I'm down, man. And they, they're hiding all this technology, and there's unnamed sources, whistleblowers who are. <laughs> yeah, you got you. You just jump into it, and you take it all in, and you're just kind of going. And so it's it, it's, it's, it's the mind blower. So I mean, the first time you heard that stuff too, didn't, didn't you go, "Wow"? You know? Oh yeah, I was I was totally into it for quite a long time. Um, and then after time passes and, and nothing happens, <laughs> yeah. and it's, you know you got to prove that you're not insane because you don't keep trying the same thing and getting a different, expecting a different answer. So, yeah, once again, if somebody's expecting MUFON to, uh, you know, they're having, we we're talking about the conference they're having where Jamie uh, Jaime Musan's one of the guest speakers. What was what's the topic? <laughs> they're having a, a speakers panel, I believe, this evening entitled. <laughs> Um, how do we make ufology respectable? And Jaime Masson apparently is on the panel. Yes. There you go. And I told that's, I told Go Rightly we ought to go down there just dressed up as mummies and sit quietly in the audience. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you've always had people evolving it, but whether anybody's really paying attention in the mainstream... Oh uh, yeah, of course now the cloud goes away when <laughs> That's great. The uh the, the eclipse is almost over and the cloud has finally moved away. So during the during the height of it they're all completely obscured. So who who stole my um binoculars? Where do they go? I don't know. Oh here they are. Okay. I put them in the center here so people coming by wouldn't go, hey, those are nice. So, yeah, I mean, some of the ideas of Valet and Kiel to somebody who's uh, been exposed to, uh, first got their mind blown about uh, UFO disclosure. Yeah. Laying something like that on it seems totally far out, but... Uh, <laughs> You mean the, the Valet Keel and etc. stuff? Or whatever, Mac, Mac Tony's or whatever. Right. Uh, some of the people you've interviewed recently, those are the ones that are evolving ideas, but that's not going to happen. That's not within <laughs> mainstream ufology, so don't look for your no. answers and there. You know what? If it was mainstream, it would ruin it. It would, it's not mainstream. Yeah. <laughs> no, if it became mainstream, it would not. It would. It would. It would eat itself and and be non not viable anymore. I mean, uh, Fillet's definitely had a little bit of influence in you know, shaping you know, mainstream a little bit. Yeah, you know what I know is a lot of people like respect him, but they don't exactly know what yeah. he's <laughs> what he's about. They don't really understand what he's talking about. But they say, well, he's a great guy. Like, right. I be, he gives them the veneer of uh, more than a veneer, but it's respectability because yeah. he actually started doing uh, the uh, statistical analysis with computers way back in the day, which was applying real science to it. And yeah. he got his mind blown by all the other <laughs> patterns he saw coming out of that with all the... Uh, well, people forget he actually used to go out and actually do field work and go out and talk to people. Yeah. He went down to South America and talked and there was that whole flap with the those things that look like flying refrigerators or whatever out in the, <laughs> basically like the size of a refrigerator with lights on them and they would they would paralyze people and screw around with people and people had like missing time experiences, not abduction but missing time. 
And it was it was that whole South American scary thing that doesn't really happen so much here. At least, yeah, not not with people that aren't basically abductees and this was an abduction thing it was just a flap of very weird things flying around this village out in the middle of nowhere in south america france had a lot of weird shit go on in uh, 1954 yes it was a weirdo flap and uh i just recently uh read one of nick's redfern's books and he's got so damn many of them that uh it's hard to remember this was the one about uh Mysterious deaths in ufology. Uh huh. I don't know if you read it, but you came across some pretty. Nope, didn't read that one. Interesting stuff about. Do you know who Frank Olson was? Yes. He's the, yeah. The guy that the guy that jumped out the window. Right. On so acid. He was involved in MK Ultra, and as it turns out, uh, preceding all the, that weirdness. Well, there was the ergot outbreak, right? The ergot ergot poisoning. Happened around that time, 1954. In recent years, it's uh, it was where where was there ergot poison? It was in France. Oh, okay. And recently, uh, documents have came out the last few years that shows the CIA where <laughs> they had their LSD, MK Ultra experiments going on. And there's documentation that ties Frank Olson to that that right. he was in France at that same time. Oh, I see. So it all seems like that's tied together, and it might have been. It wasn't ergot poisoning. It was uh, people being dosed with acid? Apparently so. There's some pretty hard documentation behind this, too. I've never even heard this part of it. Yeah. 1954? Uh, same area as the kind of flap stuff that was going on? Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it was all over France, but it's sort of... Wasn't it concentrated like central, south-central France? I'm, yeah, I'm not sure, but... I think I think Amy Michelle's straight line mystery has... Uh, coverage of what was going on, at least in one part of the country during A-flat. I mean, there's, there's some pretty solid information tying all this stuff together. There's actual <laughs> documents. It's not just, you know, speculation tying it all together. Well, that's new. I've not heard that one yeah. before. And Nick touches on some of it in his book. I'll have to ask Nick about that. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, yeah, he. Uh, there's a few things, MK Ultra stuff in there. Related to UFOs, I hadn't heard before. Okay, we, I think we've got something like eight or nine minutes till this thing cuts us off. So, and and we will we will leave it at one hour. If there's anybody wants to like throw something on the um, the Facebook feed, whoa, that uh, you want us to bring up, that'd be great. If not, um, we will uh, we will we will be signed off by the by the uh, Mixler people before before uh, before too long. There's a lot of people running through here now. I'm ca- I can't believe this worked, actually. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> it's amazing. If people can actually hear us. When I first started uh, podcasting, it was like <laughs> a miracle that anything worked, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, for me, too. And, and, and Don Ecker's finding that out still. But he... He doesn't do particularly a podcast. He does a he does a live show. Yeah. Well, I'm, the I'm, network he's on just keeps messing up. I'm talking about yeah. It was a live show through that uh, Sorry, blog talk me. radio network. And oh yeah. It's always touch and go, man. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, for uh, Kill Radio uh, has been like that off and on since the beginning. It's just we've gone through a huge long period now where everything is very actually fairly stable. Um, yeah. And we. Oh, your able- your show sounded. Uh, Tremendous the other night, and I left a little comment. And right after that, it's like uh, you lost connection with uh, whoever you're interviewing. Oh yeah, I can't. Who was? It was. I think it was. Was it Joshua Cutchin? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to call him back. I mean, he sounded clear as a bell. It was amazing. Yeah, well, I, I try to get people that you know if they've got. Skype to use a nice microphone because then it basically, to most people, just sounds like they're in the studio. And if you've got a good connection, when I had um, um, Nick and um, all those guys, Peter and, uh, Robbins, Peter Robbins and Ri- Richard Dolan on, I think all of them were on Skype microphones, so it, it sounded actually pretty good. So that that one worked out. Yeah, especially if you use uh, USB. I found USB mic. Yeah, and do, well. In the studio, I've actually it, 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 we go through a board. I mean, for 
who's ever on the other end oh, talking yeah, yeah. to you. Skype, if you use a headset with a USB, seems like the way to go. Uh-huh. 854. Well, I am not walking back down that hill, not in the dark. Yeah. So maybe we ought to go down and, and check out the... That's cool. Go down and check out the bus. That was a good shot. Take us back down the hill and then find a place to have a beer. Let's wrap this thing up then. You want, you want me to drive tomorrow out to Pasadena? Sure. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll do it. In my tiny, smelly little car. Since my uh, check engine light came on in my truck. Oh, mine's on too. They well, just come on. I know. When do you have to check? Oh, you're not leaving till Tuesday. Okay. Well, thanks everybody for listening. And here we are at the end of the... 2015 <laughs> blood moon slash uh, failure. Yeah, blood <laughs> eclipse failure <laughs> from LA. <laughs> Stephanie says we're weenies. I hiked down a gravel trail in the dark with a strange man. That sounds like the beginning of a great story. All right, thanks everybody for tuning in. They're about to cut us off here and. Uh, all right, thanks, uh, thanks, Mr. Adam. Yeah. Good night, all. Good night. Play the jukebox on the moon. Oh, they've got a jukebox on the moon. Box on the moon.